0: Welcome to the Transfer Window Podcast with me, Johnny McFarlane. Joining me today on the line to talk about all things Manchester United is Duncan Castles. Duncan, you've written a piece today for the Daily Record online that paints a fairly grim picture of Manchester United's transfer dealings so far. Where do they go from here?
1: Yeah, look, I think what I wanted to do with this piece for the record is, is get people to think about the problems... Uh, Manchester United have to solve in this transfer window, which are, are you know, quite deep and complex. There's this idea that it's Manchester United. They've spent a ton of money on, on transfers over the last three years. Um, they're the, the biggest club in England in terms of stature. Therefore, their squad must be really good. But if you step back and have a look at it and sort of do this kind of thought exercise and say, right, I'm Manchester United manager... Um, I've got a key Champions League knockout tie coming up, and look at the squad that they went into this window with, and say how many of those players are guaranteed starters. I think you struggle to get um, more than six, certainly more than seven. Um, maybe you want to do it yourself, John. You tell me which ones you think you'd have guaranteed in your lineup from the squad they've got entering this window.
0: Yes, yeah, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, obviously, David de Gea, if he if he stays. Um, Valencia certainly had a, a very powerful season last year so he would be a, someone you would want in Eric Baye who signed Paul Pogba um, yeah. but then after that there's a lot of question marks isn't there around the individuals after that
1: Yeah I, I agree, I agree with those names I'd say Ander Herrera um, had a great season is very adaptable so you'd probably have him in the midfield and then Marcus Rashford you'd have him somewhere along the front line but even Marcus Rashford. For all the talent he has, for all the qualities, the attitude is very good. Mourinho loves him as a footballer. He thinks he can develop him into Manchester United's starting centre-forward. He's he's still a teenager. And um, if you were to put him straight in and make him the centre-forward for this season, the weight of expectation is such a huge risk to his development that it becomes a problem. Which kind of leads into the other issue that Manchester United have the unexpected issue going into this window which was caused when when Zlatan Ibrahimovic had a a double uh, cruciate ligament um, injury in in their uh, second last Europa League game and suddenly they went from well we're going to keep Zlatan Ibrahimovic and he will be the main goal scorer and he will be the main centre forward for his leadership qualities, for his abilities to finish and we will use um, Rashford alongside him and, and give him more games this season and, and allow that development to continue. Suddenly, we went from that position to ah, uh, now we've got a sign an experienced top level centre forward on top of all the other positions we want to fill, which are numerous. So, and, and you know, as we all know, centre forwards are hard to buy. The, it's the most expensive position in football usually, and also looking at this summer there aren't any obviously good candidates there isn't one guy you would say who is easily obtainable you say i'll go and put the money down and i'll bring him in and he will be starting center forward for manchester united you've got to compromise a bit to even to get someone in
0: Slatan won't just be missed on the pitch either this is someone who is, has such presence in the dressing room and on the pitch He's not someone that you can just go out and pick someone off a, off a tree to replace. He is one of the elite players in world football. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, you know, one of one of the problems Mourinho had, and I think one of the things that surprised him when he came into the dressing room last year, he knew the quality of the players from playing against them and watching them, so he knew what they were technically able to do as footballers. But what caught him by surprise was the mental attitude of a lot of the players in the squad, and it. And it Basically his conclusion was these guys have got used to not winning. Um, It doesn't hurt them enough when they lose matches or draw matches and that's completely unacceptable for a club like Manchester United, a club like Chelsea. You've got to have guys who every time the result goes against them, it hurts them and they want to fix it straight away. And Ibrahimovic was was a guy who made a difference there because he's Whatever you think about him, he's an out and out winner. He you know, he's desperate to score goals, desperate to win titles. Also a good example in the dressing room is a light, you know, he he has an ego. He thinks he's important. Um and he, he set a good example for them. So can you get a guy to replace him in this window? Well maybe there's one guy, but then that guy is he actually gonna leave the club he's at? Cristiano Ronaldo is is made it clear to his agent that he wants to leave Spain and he's made it clear to Real Madrid that he wants to leave Spain but will that resolve itself in a way that a club like Manchester United are actually able to sign him before the window closes aside from Ronaldo I don't see anyone who is in that category therefore you start looking at players like Alvaro Morata who are good strikers but are they top well I think his, his record of selection for Juventus and Real Madrid tells you he's not top yet.
0: In terms of the business that they've completed so far, Lindelof's obviously come in, but the questions will be asked now about Woodward and his role given that there's not been more coming in. I think the most successful period Mourinho had in his second spell at Chelsea was when he got his business done early and brought in Fabregas and Costa way before anyone else had moved to the transfer market. and That allowed them to be very settled going into the early games and, and get ahead of steam quickly.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think, um, I think Mourinho's record in the transfer market has been exceptional since his, uh, he first left Chelsea. if you look at the work he did at Inter um,
0: when he was given his head in the transfer
1: market after the first season and allowed to build a team that could win the Champions League um, bought five or six players who ended up as starters in that Champions League final and treble winning side also recruited very well at Real Madrid brought a lot of players who have been core to them going on to win Champions League in recent years Chelsea, like you say Second season when he was allowed to do what he wants he wanted he got the players in quickly and they won the title and, and sprinted away to that so they basically won it in the first six months of the season and it's it, that 's what he wants to do every summer he wants deals done quickly he 's very detailed in terms of giving the the directors at the club a list of players he wants a list of potential candidates for the position, positions he needs. Uh, filled, and and saying, get these get these are the guys we need to solve the problems that the the teams had and he wants them in as early as possible because it, it's important to ha- have them in for him for pre-season training so they get as much exposure to his tactical work and to his ideas in pre-season training and also so he can control their physical conditioning from as early on in the summer as possible. And I, you know, I think some people are, kind of miss the importance of of when you make signings. I think people are quite aware that January is a bad time to, to buy players these days and most clubs avoid it. Actually, in the summer, you want to get the deal done as quickly as possible because it's a huge advantage to have the player in early, to, to have him working with you as soon as possible, and to be able to monitor his physical conditioning, so you get the most games out of him through the season. And that's part of the reason why Mourinho is frustrated at the moment because he's given Ed Woodward, and Manchester United, a long list—you know, at least three um, candidates for each position that he wants filled and asked that they be there before the the team flies to Los Angeles on Sunday for pre-season training. As it stands, only one of those positions, centre-back, has been filled and he's waiting for the rest and and he's not happy that that's that's the condition they're in, going into what he sees as a really critical transfer window and critical season for the club.
0: Does, it become, Does more it become more difficult as time difficult, goes actually. on to get players in? Uh, there's more and more agents hawking their players around different clubs and there's a lot more competition for, for the signatures of the very top players. Well,
1: I think there's a, it's not so much the, the issue of agents, it's more how many clubs are trying to secure these top players. And, and in this window, this window's quite a good example because you've got, in England alone... You've got Manchester City going through this immense rebuild, which is almost certainly going to involve them spending more money in transfer fees than anyone's ever done before. You've got Chelsea under severe pressure from their manager to uh, build him a squad he feels is capable of competing for the Champions League. You've got Mourinho asking Manchester United for a full-back, a centre-back, a holding midfielder a number 10 possibly a winger and now sitting a centre forward on top then you look elsewhere in Europe you've got Paris Saint-Germain trying to re-establish themselves as French champions and prepared to spend a ton of money in this window you've got Inter with new Chinese owners also ready to invest heavily you've got Juventus who are still targeting a Champions League win Um, are, are Restructuring, prepared to sell off some of their older players to to get new guys in to go after that Champions League win again. Also have a, a lot of cash. But, <laughs> there's, there, and then on top of that, the rest of the Premier League of all are all cash rich and can afford to to spend money, if not on the top top players, but on players that are close to the top. So. Yeah, there's, there is a huge amount of competition and it, it's, um, it's harder than ever to get the players you want. You know, um, if you went back 10 years ago and Manchester United wanted the top striker in England, for example, they'd be in a pretty good position to outbid everyone and, and, uh, and kind of out-charm the player. Um, but now it's, it's not a simple process. You know, there's no guarantee that Manchester United beat Manchester City or Chelsea if they're prepared to spend to get that player. There's no guarantee they can even get that player out. So if you if you say Harry Kane is the top um, striker in England, for sake of argument, can you get Harry Kane out of Tottenham Hotspur? You probably can't because they'll just refuse to sell and he's not really agitating for a move either. So yeah, it's, it's harder, which means you've got to get your, you've got to be well prepared and you have to time it right and you have to do a lot of homework.
0: Thanks for that Duncan, that was fascinating So a lot of food for thought there for Manchester United fans to mull over As this transfer window goes on Please go and subscribe to the Transfer Window Podcast At iTunes and all other good podcasting networks To guarantee you get the podcast ahead of everyone else Thanks for listening